Thank you for joining us for another evening of Dungeons & Dragons, the Yalzar Campaign. I am, as always, your Dungeon Master and host, Kenny. I have my four standard players and will be joined by our Ranger tonight, theoretically, sometime in the near future. And introducing, starting with our Paladin. Hi, that's me, Michelle. I'm playing Work the Paladin. Uh, I am Frodo. I'm Kenji the Monk. <laughs> That's right, your two, Lauren. Oh, I thought it was you. <laughs> I'm Lauren. I'm playing Vin, the halfling warlock. And I am Hayden. I'm playing Ogden, the dwarven cleric. So, repeat viewers, and by viewers, I of course mean listeners, will remember that we last left off directly in the middle of a heated interview, or dare say, interrogation. Uh, by the local captain of the guard for this sort of burg of, of Yao, the great city. A uh, green-scaled sca dragonborn man by the name of Rattleman IV. We uh, just had the proof provided to show the party and their attachment to the crystals, and they proved that they were actually the heroes of the... or amongst the heroes the crystals had sought out by spirits of the crystals themselves, Gnome, Dryad, and Undine, showing themselves to Rattleman the Fourth, and that's where we ended. So I believe the last words to come out of his mouth were, "Well, I believe I owe you some answers." So we'll, so long <laughs> so we'll, re we'll 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 get right back to it. So after he had held up the black iron hammer and scared the spirits of the crystals away back into each of your sort of bodies. Uh, he sets the hammer down and says, well, I will tell you what I know. I hope and assume that you will be helping us with our investigation on as to what exactly is transpiring inside this darkness and maybe a way to dispel it. He continues. It started three months and a day ago. And at that time, almost as if the sun had reached down and flicked off the lights, an entire district of the city went dark. The district was not a particularly magical part of the city. It was not particularly stunted in its, in its magic either. Our divin diviners have not found any particular crossings of the ley lines that would have amplified the magic in this area. It seems almost just out of nowhere, though this place is not pierced by light from any source. And walking in there almost makes your body freeze in time, for you do not find yourself thirsty, nor do you find yourself hungry in your time spent there. But the moment you leave, all of that need floods through you, and I have watched men, full and healthy and strong, walk out of that darkness and perish in a moment. Hmm. That, uh, certainly sounds concerning. It is. Furthermore, what is more concerning is that, well, not so much anymore, but our early scouting parties were light infantry with small detachments of guards mainly for reconnaissance so we understood what was going on in there. Mind you, a district is not a small amount of land. It's several miles square. So, 
we sent in small scouting parties for a couple of hours at a time with different magical equipment that would allow them to pierce this darkness. Uh, we noticed in your belongings that you even possess something that will assist you in this problem, correct? Correct. Be careful with who you show that to and who knows that you have them. They have become increasingly valuable in Yao since this has happened. And as I was trying to get to, our recon parties were often sacked or ambushed for those items. So, be careful and keep a tight hand on your your whatever would make you able to see in the dark. Because the coin and and, and, and valuables are not what is cur- used as currency in there. Fresh food and pure water. For the water in the darkness has gone rancid. Hmm. Interesting. I will assume that you all would want to go there as soon as possible. Is that right? That is the goal, yes. Yeah. Didn't we want to ask about that one guy that came to us at the tavern? Yes, indeed. We were approached by a very shady fellow, I want to say, by the name of Aurelius the Fourteenth. You know of him? Well, I know of the Aurelius, and you said he was the fourteenth of this time. Yep. Well, that means that there's thirteen others better than him, and more than six worse than him. Hmm. Interesting. I don't get it. It means that there's at least twenty of them running around. Right. Well, we make some better or worse. Well, they're numbers, you see. It's a weird thing that happens in Yao. Gangs or small crime organizations attempt to outmatch each other in one fashion or another. And some time ago, the first Aurelius, or Aurelius the First, as he goes by these days, simply started to form, form a small crew of trusted conmen and thieves and decided, well, instead of giving you all your own names, you will all be the same name as me. And whoever is the best Aurelius will be Aurelius the First. And second best Aurelius will be Aurelius the second. I understand that despite it being a very, very effective organization, and very powerful, I might add, in the shadowy corners of this city, they are very, very good criminals, which is a weird statement to make. They're honest, but they will take whatever they can, no matter the cost. And they have a lot of infighting. I have found myself... Unfortunately to say, anywhere but in this room, I have found myself using the end fighting of the Aurelius people to pretty impressive results. All it takes is telling one Aurelius that he could certainly be the 13th in your instance, or even the 12th, if only he did X, Y, or Z for you. Hmm. Clout matters a lot to these individuals, and the fact that you know... One of the Aurelius individuals already is not something to be ashamed of. Interesting. So I play your cards close to your chest, but I wouldn't be afraid to play them. Alright. Sounds like a plan to me. Okay. If I may, what did this 14th offer you? He offered us a little speck of light. It seemed magic in origin. 
And basically, I got the impression that it was a way to be able to see in the darkness. It's true. He was probably offering his his literal guidance in the dark. <clears throat> what do you know of of that offer? Is it still on the table? We told him that we needed time to think about it and scout out what it is we are hoping to accomplish there, and then we uh, go back and contact him if we need to. Well, I assure you that if he saw you enter the barracks, that uh, he probably will not want to speak with you again. But if he didn't, or maybe he assumed that because you came here in handcuffs, you're not going to say anything about him. My point is, he, that might still be an offer you want to consider. All right. Okay. Interesting. But I let you make that call. All right. So, so shall I expect not, you? Uh, not a wanted criminal, but a uh, man of uh, connections, regardless. Absolutely. All right. It's hard to say which Aurelius is actual criminal or not. Some of the Aurelius don't commit any crime at all. Like I said, they're confidence men. Mm -hmm. and, well, it's hard to exactly narrow down a crime if there's barely one being committed. Outwitting well, someone isn't a crime in Yao. And unfortunately, some of the Aurelius are very, very, very talented at that. Alright. So, will you go and weigh your options, or shall I go ahead and make an appointment for you all to meet a detachment of six guards here first thing when the sun shines on the gates? We did want to talk to some of the people who made it out. Yeah, if we could uh, kind of get some inside stories from any of the people who returned. I know about a couple of people that have made it out of there alive. But unfortunately, the guards that have done so are sworn to secrecy, and they will not be able to tell you anything. And that mm -hmm. is not my order to break, I'm afraid to say. You would have to talk to the captain of the guard of Yao personally for that. <clears throat> However... There are two people that I know of that you can talk to. Alright. I don't know of where you come from in the world, but in Yao, brothels are legal. And there is a madam of a brothel near the dark area that has been in there several times. And she would certainly be someone that you want to talk to more. Alright. Her name is Rosella Crimina. At this point, Tenchi just kind of leans down to, to Ogden. What's a brothel? You'll find out soon. It's a place where women treat men well for money. Well, not here in Yao. It goes everywhere. All right. The other person I would suggest that you go and see, well, I imagine if you go and work with this person, you will not have the opportunity to keep his employ or uh, keep his assistance should you decide to work with us. Mm -hmm. He is one of the few instances of a person who worked for the guard of, of Yao and quit. Mm. And not because they, they died. His name is Mikton Shiverbone. Mikton Shiverbone? Mikton, M-I-C-T-O-N, Shiverbone, mm. like a cold bone. Ah, shiver bone. Okay. All right. Anyone else have any other questions? 
Not that I can remember. I will expect you here at the barracks tomorrow at the morning. Alright. That's probably what we're going to go with then. Um, On a very uh, personal note, uh, do you have any uh, job openings? Well, there is a tournament twice a year, every year, for applicants to the guard may apply themselves in more ways than just brawn. Where you see we value all manners of talent in the guard. Alright. That sounds like fun. Yeah. What's a prize? Yes. Yeah, you get to join the guards apparently. (laughs) And not all that participate and excel in the tournament are not guaranteed a position in the guard. There is Mm. a thorough examination after your prowess is determined. No, I'm not good at examinations. Yeah, when we're done with all this crystal stuff, I might come back here. It seems like right up my alley. And your name was then? Ogden. Ogden Hartholm. Hartholm. Very good. I will write your name down and keep it. Should I see it again, I will do my best to be kind. All right. And with that, I think we don't have much else to discuss about here. So... We should probably go uh, get a place to stay for the night, rest up, and meet the guards in the morning, or we could go talk to some of these other folks. Okay. Uh, what time of day is it? Midday. Sorry. Midday. Okay. All right. You have a fair amount of time. Yeah. So, are we free to go then? Absolutely. All right. Tenchi holds up his shackled arms. Please. Oh, just walk out. They'll be fine. (laughs) Very puzzling look, but okay. You sort of hear him, like, lean, you see him lean down under his desk a little bit, and you hear, like, an audible clank, and the the stone wall that had hidden the doorway slides back up, and the door is now visible and operatable again. Alright, great. Well, let's go get our stuff back, get you uncuffed, and let's, uh, go. Okay. I'm holding that anti-magic orc thing. I was hoping you'd forget to make Just it so, so we could keep it. Yeah. <laughs> Just so I don't get shot. <laughs> Good call. Yeah. <laughs> you. So you all walk out of the room? Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. As you do, you are uh, greeted by the guard that you definitely saw not ten minutes ago get his arm broken. <laughs> Um, stand there and offer you your possessions back and takes away whatever restraining items were placed upon you, whether it is shackles or nullifying magic spheres alike. And your your primary weapons that you gave to confiscation are returned to you. Excellent. Okay. So you all are standing outside of the barracks? Alright, so we've exited? Alright. So I turn to my companions and say, so I'm kind of interested in talking to this uh, ex-guard. How about you all? We need a room first. Yes, I suppose that would be prudent. Uh, well, I mean, we're already at the... Well, I guess the ex-guard doesn't work at the guard place. But yeah, I think talking to the ex-guard and the brothel lady would be smart. Yes. 
By the way, let's go to an inn, uh, secure ourselves a room, see if we can find any information uh, there. Um, we also see who's closer. I can also, in kind of a, a whispered uh, tone, I say to everyone else, I don't know about you, but I'm leery about returning, asking for Aurelius the 14th aid. So I recommend we not stay at the same tavern that he's at. I would agree. I, I think um, the warning about getting our lantern stolen it is quite prudent. I don't want to uh, get kind of robbed and abandoned in the uh, in the blackness. Yeah. <clears throat> All right. So, are there any guards standing outside the uh, barracks? Oh yeah. Can we ask them for uh, the direction to the nearest inn? Well, one of the guards that you asked sort of looks down at you and then, like, looks down the street to the right, looks down the street to the left, and goes, Well, short master, there's about ten in either direction. I could suggest my favorite, but only for their ale, not necessarily for their bed. Ale sounds good by me. Which one's that? You want to take the fourth one down on the left. It is merely a short walk away but it is named after some manner of mineral that I've never heard of. I always pronounce it incorrectly, but it starts with an M. Mithril, perhaps? Uh, potentially. I want to say it's Malcarim, Malcarim, something like that. I don't know. Sorry. I'm not, I don't know gemstones. All right. Fair enough. Thank you very much for your time. <laughs> of course. Have a wonderful day. And unless anyone else uh, says anything else, that's the way I've been setting. <laughs> yeah, yep, it's bed, and it's probably going to be cheap. All right. So you guys make your way down a ways, and then quite inevitably you see a place that sort of stands out to that really rough direction. Mm-hmm. It is a, uh, a building painted gold, some shade of green or gold on its accents. Mm. And it is... Its little swinging sign is is like a green-stained glass, and it just says in gold-painted letters, Malachite Mines of Mirkin. <laughs> that's, that's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Right, let's go on in and uh, check it out. All right. There's a, uh, a pair of dwarven men, rather drunk, standing outside. By the way, it's the middle of the day. A quite drunk standing outside of the door to this establishment. And they don't seem to say anything to Ogden as he passes by, but as the rest of you all seem to, they sort of go, Oh, aren't you a little tall? Yes, I am. I turn back and I say, Uh, may we enter? Well, we're no doormen. And they <laughs> sort of just stagger off. <laughs> So you guys go in. Uh, it's a very hilarious. Yeah. It's, As a short person. <laughs> right. Uh, you guys walk in. It is a very nice establishment. The sort of uh, the color choice is just as evident here as it was outside. Uh, everything is painted green wood, um, golden accents, and you notice quite quickly that nearly every individual in this tavern is a dwarf. 
Hmm. Well, I feel right at home. And anyone who is taller than a dwarf, or the average dwarf, which is a little, which is about five, four foot and some change, anyone who's taller than that, uh, you're going to have to sort of, like, slouch over a little bit to not <laughs> drag your head on the ceiling. <laughs> so Tenchi's just in, like, a permanent hunch right now. Right. Bart goes ahead and becomes a dwarf. <laughs> well, bear in mind, you still <laughs> occupy the same space. Yeah, so you don't become shorter, but you just look like a dwarf. Yeah. You just look like, like you're like shorter. A really big dwarf? No, no, no. You look like a regular dwarf, but you actually take up more uh, size than that. Yeah. Because so it, I'd still be uncomfortable. Yes. Right. Yes, you would still be uncomfortable. No one seems to really look at your motley crew of individuals weird. Uh, but you just, but you do immediately recognize that this place was built probably by dwarves for dwarves. Um, as you know, its architecture is not exactly catering to those that are taller than dwarves. <laughs> hmm. What, uh, could it have been assumed that that guard that we were talking to was human or? No. Yeah. Taller? He was, he was human. Okay. And he likes this place. So can't be that bad. Well, it's not more of a nail. How bad could it be? Yeah, right? <laughs> Alright. Well, I make my way over to the, I guess, receptionist, or... Oh, there's plenty of open tables. Um, and as you sort of look around for a place to sit, whether it's at the bar or at a table, mm-hmm. a short, curly-haired dwarven woman walks by you all with a impressively sized amount of ham on a plate, on like a platter almost. In her hand, like she's carrying it with two hands, like it's luggage or a log, mm. and she sort of, you know, has to lean back a little bit to like rest it somewhat on her on her on her torso while she walks. Mm. And she says, "I'll be with you all, even the tall ones, quite shortly. Just find a place you're comfortable." All right, let's make our way to the table. <laughs> yep. Or, or like the tables and chairs, one size too. Yeah. So. Okay. Yeah. If if Tenchi or Bork or, or Hamankarn sits. In one of these chairs, the, the table's gonna come up to like your pelvis. Yeah, Tenshi's just gonna sit on the floor. Like, if we get a yeah. table, he's just gonna like sit on the floor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting down, like butt to ground, or kneeling, or like sitting on your knees, uh, would put you pretty, you know, at chest no, level with the table. That, that's still better than, you know, curled up in a chair with my knees and my chin. Right. <laughs> Alright. Well, I like this place. What about you all? <laughs> I wish it was bigger. Finally, some some proper sized chairs. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, you guys, you guys go everywhere else and are like, can I get like a book? <laughs> yeah, we're like dangling or something. Right. <laughs> this is the first place Ogden's been where he hasn't had to kick his feet. Yeah. Not true. We were at the Dwarven Capital. This is true. This is true. <laughs> All right. Uh, so you guys uh, wait, obviously, a moment or two. Um, the place smells lovely. Uh, mm-hmm. Certainly succulent is the word you'd probably describe the food here. If it's not cooked in beer, it's probably cooked in fat. Uh, it's just, like, very greasy spoon. So exactly what we cooked at Ragnarok. Got it. <laughs> uh, so, uh, quite soon, actually, the same short, well, I would say short, but dwarven woman comes around introduces herself as as Ruby and asks what she can get you all. What kind of mustache does Ruby have? 
Uh, she has actually a really gentle mustache. It's really, okay. it's almost like maybe she shaves it thin, but it maybe it just grows in thin. But is it like the John Waters mustache? It's between John Waters and my mustache. So like. Okay. Sure. I'll have an ale, please. <laughs> you got a favorite or just what we have? Um. I've been drinking a lot of McGurk's Lurks lately. Do you have anything a, a little bit uh, more exotic? Well, exotic maybe. Well, my pops who runs this place, well, he makes his own. I can get you some of that. That sounds lovely. Thank you. What about the rest of you? I'll take a microbrew as well. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, in this instance, it would actually be homebrew. Uh, <laughs> Tenchi's just going to ask for tea. Because drinking. Okay. And um, a plate of uh, bread and meat for the table. Mint noon. Yeah. It is lunchtime. Bork, do you want anything? Yeah. All right. So she she trots along with your meal order. Uh, comes back quite quickly with your your ales and tea and whatever drinks. Um. It's uh, a smoother, earthy ale, not like McGurk's Lurk, which almost has a little bit of a liquor-like punch to it. Um, mm-hmm. This one is a bit more earthy, almost as if, like, you've heard about dwarven brewers putting gemstones in the kegs and mm-hmm. sort of putting the the flavor and the energy of the gemstones in the ale. And if you had to fucking take a crack at it, maybe Malachite's involved in that process here. Yeah. <laughs> Seems uh, fair. But uh, you've never tasted Malachite before, so it's kind of hard to make that assumption. Mm-hmm. Anywho, it is a is a very different taste from what you're accustomed to, but not a bad one. I imagine it would be something very similar to like an Oktoberfest esque ale. Okay. So a little on the har- a little on the harvesty side, you know. Anyway, uh-huh. the food comes sometime later, not terribly long, but sometime longer than, you know, having to pour out three ales or whatever. Uh, it's a, it's wonderful. There's a big old brick of cheese, uh, similar looking, but not the same size of, of ham, um, half a bird of some kind, and uh, a loaf of slightly charred on the bottom, but very, very soft on the top loaf of bread. Hmm. Very nice. Proper dwarven fare. Excellent. As the uh, waitress comes back, I ask if uh, if there are any rooms available that could accommodate uh, myself and my larger compatriots. Well, the larger folks, it'll take us a moment to get that situated, but certainly, if you don't mind standard uh, staying the night on the top floor. Top floor sounds good to me. I like partying. How much is that around lately? Oh, well, let's see. We'd have to take two rooms and put them together, but that would only be a golden night. All right. I'm down. Anyone else? Yeah, I'm fine. That's okay. Okay. Lovely ale, by the way. Oh, thank you. I'll send Pop over. I'm sure he'd love to hear that. (laughs) So she sort of goes about being busy as she is. Mm -hmm. Oh, no, no, no. Um, So near the end of your meal... Uh, you you feel the sort of gentle tremor in the floorboards before you see a uh, average built but 
old dwarf man sort mm-hmm. of walk up to your table, sets his uh, very ornate and green stained glass mug on the edge of your table and says, Don't mind me. My name, well, the namesake of the bar. Pleasure to meet you all. I understand you're all going to be staying with us for a few days. Is that right? Uh, that is correct, yes. Well, how many days? I'm thinking at least two. Maybe more. Well, let me do this for you. You guarantee me you stay for four days. I'll make you only pay for three. I could use a little bit of R&R after, uh, after we're done here. How about you all? Sure. A room that I don't have to be on a train with? That works. <laughs> Alright, yeah, we could do four days. Very good. He sort of takes uh, off of this very large keyring on his waist that's slightly buried under a gut, a pair <laughs> of brass keys, and puts them on the table. Like, These are your two keys. I have a third one. Please don't lose them. That'll be four gold. Alright. And that that's covers this meal, of course. I'm sorry, what was that? And that covers this meal, of course. All right. Ogden reaches into his pocket and pulls out four gold coins and hands them to the foreign gentleman. He informs you further that meals are, you know, priced according to the menu, but if you're staying there, they're a silver a meal, no questions. All right, wonderful. <laughs> okay. You see that right. on the on the brass key in Dwarven is etched in four uh, A four B. All right, that makes sense. Ogden takes one of the keys and uh, scoots the other key over towards uh, Bork and Tenchi. <laughs> one of us will grab it, I'm sure. Yeah. Tenchi can have it. Trusting me with the key. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Nice. Yeah. All right. So the meal is delightful. The ales you have a round or two, uh, very pleasant. But you've definitely spent some time, and there's no there's no glass uh, windows to look out of, so you have no exactly idea how much time you spent here. All right. Well, as lovely as this is, we should probably drop off our non-essentials in our rooms. Yeah. And then go see about meeting up with some of these uh, contacts. That sounds so. good. All right. So you guys All go right. up the three flight. Did I say it was four or three AB? You didn't say. You just said uh, four, four AB. AB. Yeah. You go up, uh, four flights of stairs. Mm-hmm. Granted, they're dwarf stairs, so they're short. Oh, uh, finally. Steps I don't have to jump up. Right. <laughs> uh and then you see that the fourth floor is the top floor. Mm-hmm. There is only four doors on the left side and one door on the right that is a double door. And you notice this hallway is a bit wider. And the mm-hmm. door on the right says storage. So the other four doors on the left are A, B, C, D. All right. I go ahead and try my key in uh, 4A. I assume that's what the key says. Yep. And, and it opens. I go into 4B and yep. unlock it. Both of these rooms are designated for uh, up to three people each. Mm-hmm. Um, they are taller, obviously, than the previous floors were. And uh, there is a footlocker for each bed with a small padlock and key resting on top of the footlocker. And uh, 
there's a small little like tray of a couple pieces of fruit and vegetables in each room. And on the wall that those two rooms share, there is a door. Mm-hmm. With uh with a with a key hole in the doorknob. Oh, alright. Okay. Uh, pop open that door and see if it connects. I would assume so, but you never know. Yeah, <laughs> uh, well, you can't open your door. You you turn the key and you feel the handle begin to jiggle, but begin to move, but you do not feel it complete unlocking. Huh. Well, that's weird. So is um Probably. Is Penchy in the other room? Yeah. Penchy in the other room? Yeah, I'm right, gonna like try and open the door. So I turn the door on. Yep, and you guys turning it at the same time reveals how to open this door. Turns hey, out there, there, are, there are two doors and they mm-hmm. open in opposite directions. Okay, cool. Interesting. So you yeah, guys your guys' room is now officially uh, connected. Alright, cool. Yay! Alright. We're gonna have to find a couch or something for Hamankarm if he, you know, ever comes out of his well, NPC comatose. Well, I said there's well we have three beds in each room. Yeah. Yeah. And the beds are big enough to uh, accommodate the um, humans and half orcs and elves yeah. and stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Great. Tensor right. just like stretches a little bit. It's like, oh, it feels so good to not be hunched over. <laughs> Alright. So let's leave our non-essentials uh, here. I'm just going to take the keys. Uh, take the lantern, because we don't want to leave that unguarded. And I've still got that uh, favorite point. And uh, let's go see if we can track down uh, either one or both of these uh, people that the captain told us about. The four people downstairs might have information on where we're going. Yeah, um, that's what I was thinking. Okay. You can talk to them, at least get pointed in the right direction, and return for the uh, night, then go meet the guards in the morning. Unless a better option comes up. Right. All right, then. So we'll do that. All right, so you go, who do you go asking about who? Um, I'm going to see if I can uh, track down, uh, what was his name, Mirkin? Uh, the the uh, dwarf with the uh, glass mug. Oh, yeah. I, he's probably yeah. uh, in the back or working the bar. Oh uh, yeah, he's working the bar. All right. Well, I'll see if I can uh, get a word with him uh, if he's not too terribly busy. Yeah, he gets between drinks. I mean, bear in mind it's early afternoon, so the lunch yeah. rush the lunch rush is over. So he ends up having a a few minutes to chat with you after <laughs> you being patient a few minutes. All right. Well. <sighs> As I uh, pull up a seat, I, I say, so we've been told to uh, try and contact a couple of individuals here in the town. I was hoping maybe you might recognize their names and tell us where to go. Well, like always, you can always get a lot of answers out of the one guy that everyone likes to talk to. So, yeah, shoot. <laughs> uh, first off, we're looking for Nickton Shiverbone. He sort of uh, looks around, looks at you really carefully. Shiverbone? Yeah, that's what we were told his name was. Be careful with that guy. I can tell you where he is, but he's not exactly the friendliest person. Alright. How do you mean? Well, quite simply, I mean that he's mean. Eh, 
Sounds fair. We've, we've met. <laughs> I don't. Maybe. <laughs> I don't walk around pretending to know the boots that other people have walked in, but I'd be surprised if you're right. <laughs> All right. So uh, where can he typically be found? Micton Shiverbone runs a small emporium. Uh, actually, not that far from here, but not exactly close. You're going to walk down one of the main streets towards the trade district, the closest district to the to the dark district these days. Huh. You want to okay. walk down that main thoroughfare. Go down the, the alley that you find that you probably want to walk down the least. I can honestly tell you I've never seen a single guard walk down that alley. Hmm. I don't think they're afraid. I just think they don't think that they are needed there. There's one door with a green fired lantern that hangs outside the door. If the green fire is on, then that means it's open. If the green fire is off, don't go in there. You might die. Okay. Good to know. As a side note, can you? Right. And, uh, alright, well that's not at all what I was expecting to hear about that individual. Um, how about uh, Rosella Crimina? Wow, he sort of smirks a little and goes, don't ever call her that, she'd hate you forever. Her name, her name, and he sort of takes away his regular tone and sort of dons this like twangy, what we would recognize as like a southern twangy sort of voice and be like, Rosé Kremna. And yeah, everyone knows where to find Rosé Kremna. Kremna's Boutique of Pleasures and Skin Lovin'. Subtle. There ain't nothing subtle about that woman, I can tell you that for free. <laughs> I don't want to tell you to sugar her, because if she smells you being too sweet and being fake about it, she'll rip you in half. But uh, being kind goes a long way in the purview of Rosé Kremna. Alright. And, uh, oh, uh, could you tell me, um, what these people are like. Like, I don't even know if they're human, dragonborn, dwarf. Well, no one no one has talked about what Mictum Shiverbone has looked like since he left the guard. I assume that there's a damn good reason for it. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't tell you much. But I remember when he used to serve the guard some 30, 40 years ago, he was a human of some kind. Couldn't tell you yeah. where he came from, but just a human. Okay. And Rosé? Well, you ever seen a Lamia? I have not. <laughs> well, a Lamia, he sort of starts to draw like a like a shapely woman with his hands. Mm-hmm. And then near the bottom, he goes really wide <laughs> and like draws four legs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're basically like the... Uh, uh, lion centaur people, right? Yeah. Yeah. If you okay. took a centaur and made it instead of a horse, it was a lion for the bottom yeah. half. Yeah. I, as a player, know what that is, but Ogden probably has no yeah. reason to ever have seen one of those. Sure. If so. any of you have been to the to the desert to the south, then you might have seen one, but other than that, probably not. Yeah. yeah I'm well red, so I might know about it, but okay. not. Well, he dropped the word, so if you want to make a check on it, I can tell you some things. 
Arcana or nature, maybe? Oh, nature. That's right. We've had this discussion before, haven't we? Yeah. Well, the the thing is that the skill check that is under the purview of knowing about it is determined by the type of creature they are. Mm-hmm. And do you know? What me off the top of my head? Well, I I know it. I'm holding the book in my hand. But I'm asking. I imagine it's a magical creature. Well, Lauren, do you know? Do I know what? What? type of creature Olamia is? No. Okay, then you're going to have to guess. Either Arcana, if you think that it's a magical creature of some kind. Um, religion, if you think that there's like a celestial or, or themes of some kind. Uh, or nature, if they're more, uh, you know, primal. I'm going to go nature. Okay. Uh, five. So I already rolled. Okay. Rolled in nature, so um, that's what I got to stick with. Well, knowing what you know about lions, she could be a very ferocious person. <laughs> okay. That's lions are scary. Maybe she's scary. All right, I'll, I'll uh, prep calm animal on my spell list today. <laughs> yeah, that'll go so well. Yeah. Well, that does explain why she would. Uh, Rip somebody in half if, uh, if they are being too sweet on her. <laughs> that would explain a few things. All right. <clears throat> well, thank you for your time, Mirkin. Uh, we're going to go see about finding these folks. Of course. Best of luck. And then with either of them, I'm sure you could get a lot of help. But also, be just as careful with one as you would with the other. All right. Fair enough. <clears throat> okay. So at that point, I'm going to recommend that we head on out. All right. Ah. Okay. Which, uh, which one do you want to go to first? Yeah. Um, for my own personal reasons, I'm more interested in talking to Nickton. But if you all think it would be better to talk to uh, Rosé, I'm down for that as well. I don't know who's closer. Well, there's the market district for uh, for Nickton, and uh, Rosé, we've been told, is like the boutique just outside of the dark area. But they both seem very close to that district. So um, we can we'll do Nickton first. So what? We can do Nickton first. All right. And it's Only if his Green Lantern slipped, though. It's M-I-C, Nickton. <laughs> yeah. So what? It's M-I-C, not M-I-C. Oh, M-I-C. Yeah. Mixed M I C K E Y M O U S. Yeah, that. Okay. How about I, you, Bork? Uh, uh, any preferences either way? I'm fine. Alright. Let's go talk to the soldier then. Well, yeah. ex soldier. Alright. So you guys kind of wander around the market district a little bit, like poking your head down alleyways, and like, is this, is this it? And, well, no, I don't see a lantern, so. You know, you do this for maybe an hour walking around trying to see if you find the right place. Mm-hmm. And then 
you don't see the lantern, but you do see something that draws your eye down an alleyway. You can see about halfway down an alley, there is like a board or like a like a floor almost suspended between the two buildings. Uh-huh. And hanging from that board is just dozens and dozens of sh- of short swords. Of what? Short swords. Short swords. Ooh. They're just hanging there like by ropes. Yeah. Huh. Pretty That's tenuously at that. Like somebody's been practicing with their sword chucks. And uh, while that is what draws your eye, you look down from there and you see a iron hook hang like stick out of a wall, and in that hook there is a lantern with a green fire lit. Well, that looks like the place. Mm-hmm. And the fire is lit, you said? Yes. Oh. <sighs> Do we have to walk under these swords in order to get to the door where the green fire is? Yes, the door and the lantern are directly under them. Okay. Well, I uh, take my shield off my back and hold it over Vin's head and say, here, hold that. What's supporting the board, if anything? Hard to it's tell at this distance. Okay. Uh, it, could, right. it could be bolted right. to the walls for all you know, but hard to say. All right, well, let's go check it out. Okay. Yep. So you all start, start to walk down the hallway. What's you guys' passive perception? Thirteen. Uh, I believe it's eleven. No, it's eleven. Oh, passive wisdom. Yes. Uh, Ten. Okay. So, what was the high? Thirteen. Thirteen. Two thirteens. And what was the low? Ten. Okay. So relatively perceptive. Good job, guys. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Um. All right. So you guys walk down this hallway. And not too quick into the shadows of the alleyway itself, um, someone, you're not sure who, could even have been you, steps on something that makes a loud sound, almost like an alarm. Um, okay. Does anyone seem to be coming out of the alleyway? No. Okay. I check what's under my feet. Is there like a pressure plate or a wire under my feet? No, just some refuse. Alright, I take another step. Um, you hear a jingle, like a, like a small bell ring. Mm-hmm. And then a small ball of, of, uh, of light sort of like weightedly falls onto the ground in front of you and emanates a, a gentle green light. I assume that means we can continue. Um, I guess I'll go and pick up the light. You pick it up and it's just a small, completely mundane looking stone. Almost as if it's had the light spell cast on it. Yeah, makes sense. <laughs> All right, cool. Well, then I guess I'll use that and just kind of hold it out in front of me as we go. Okay. Uh, a, a few steps later, I mean, I assume that that, that alarm like everyone stopped like oh god what yeah yeah a few paces later someone else steps on something and emits that same like noise this loud blaring alarm sound 
Alright, look yeah. behind us right quick. Is anyone yeah. following us? No, no one in the alleyway. Well, can we make a, uh, a check to see if we can figure out where the sound is originating from? From your feet. From our feet? Okay. Alright, I'm going to start to move like the brush out of the way. Sure. Or whatever I'm doing. Go for it. So, I like to start cleaning everything out of the way. Are we standing on anything that's weird or different or yes. doesn't make sense? You notice getting kind of down on your knees and like, you know, intently looking at the floor. Pretty periodically, there is these small, like, two inch wide circular holes in the ground. And looking deeply at it, you can see the point of a spear. Inside of the hole. I should not be putting my face that close to that hole. Okay. Uh, I, I, I say, hey, there, there's some holes on the floor, and they're full of spears. Hmm. I, th- yeah, I don't maybe think somebody should, wants uh, visitors. Hold that uh, shield, like, under you somehow. Oh, hold on, wait. Are the walls hmm. next to us made out of stone? They are made out of, um, so, give me a, give me a check on that, actually. Okay, am I making a stone cutting check? No, you're making a perception or an investigation check, actually. Ah, shit. So, a minus one penalty. No. Eleven. Okay. What are you going to say, Laura? Um, since she moved some, like, brush aside and was able to spot these holes, yeah. is there, like, general, like, leaves and debris littering the floor of this alley? Uh, it's refuse. It's it's the sort of crap you'd see in an alleyway. There's nothing particularly obscure about it. I mean, it's some of it's kind of trash, some of it's, like, nature trash, you know, like, fallen leaves and whatnot, but... Could I use the hands to move some of that out of our I mean, you can use Mage Hand to sort of, like, like whisk away at it, but bear in mind, you only get five pounds of pressure with Mage Hand, so it would either, one, take a long time, or B, give you very poor results. Um... I mean, three rounds of, of Mage Hand would be like like 20, like 10 seconds, right? It's 18 seconds. Could Thaumaturgy make a little, like, Dust Devil or something? Yes. Okay. I think I might do that then. Thaumaturgy, start blowing some of the records. Before you cast Thaumaturgy, uh, I um, want to. Before you cast Thaumaturgy and before you cast Mage Hand, I want to resolve that skill check first. I thought you guys were going to. I thought you guys were interrupting his skill check to say something pertinent to it, but. Um, let me get to your actions in a moment. Alright. Tenji, it's a stone wall, by the way. <laughs> okay, so I don't have to walk on the floor with the spears. <laughs> right. Yes. So I'll Although do that. It might be a little unnerving for anyone seeing a person just walking on the side of the wall. As um, opposed to an entire district going dark. So yeah. you're gonna you're gonna walk up the wall? I'm gonna inspect the wall for traps first. Okay. Uh <laughs> the wall explodes, you die. <laughs> as far as you can tell without a skill check, the wall seems pretty untrapped. Then do a skill check. Uh, I guess it would be... Investigation, probably. Probably. Uh, 
Yeah, okay. percep perception is to detect traps. <clears throat> it's like perception is for detecting traps in spaces. Investigation is for tra for detecting traps on objects. Okay, so a total of seven. Looks safe, dude. I'm going to tentatively put my foot on the wall and start walking up. Uh, you put your foot on it, and then you go to put your second foot on it, and your feet slide off of it, and you fall onto your butt. Huh. That's never happened before. Huh. He just gets up and <laughs> ignores it. I, uh, reach over to the, uh, stone and make a stone cutting check on it. Is it actually stone? Okay, go for it. Let's see, and I have, if I'm not mistaken, from uh, Gnome's Blessing, I have two times. I thought it was four times. No, it's double proficiency bonus for stone cutting. Okay. Yeah, I have four times for history checks on stone. Right. But yeah, double proficiency on stone cutting specifically. So that makes that a grand total of 17. Okay, so your proficiency is three? Yes. All right. Um... You touch and, like, sort of feel your fingers along the grains of the stone like you would normally mm -hmm. sort of try and get a feel for this stone. And there's mm -hmm. just a weird inconsistency to this stone. It almost feels unnatural. Uh, this is not stone. Hmm. Well, that's why he uh, took a butt dive. <coughs> I, I tell Tanchi that, yeah, this isn't stone. It looks like it stone. Looks stone. It, it feels like stone. And to anyone who, you know, isn't a stone cunning or a stone expert... Mm -hmm. uh, would never fucking know that it's not yeah. stone. Is it just like plaster or something? No. You have no idea what this mm -hmm. material is. That's peculiar. Alright, anyway, um, well, somebody obviously knows we're coming. Let's not keep them waiting. Mm -hmm. I start heading forward again. Okay. Still holding on to the little, uh, rock of light. Yep. And she's rubbing his butt, but it's gone. All right, a few steps later, you hear another one of these alarm sounds from underneath your feet, and then shink, 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 shink. Turn around and look at the spears coming towards us. Out of the walls. Out of the walls. Oh shit. Uh, one this way, one the other way, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, in a line coming at you at about three feet off the ground. I just take the closest people and just shove them to the ground. From both directions, in front and behind you. But there's nothing coming up from the ground? No. Is the lantern still lit? Yes. Some welcoming. As, <laughs> yeah, like, as this line of spears is darting closer and closer to the party, mm -hmm. they get within five feet of the outest person, and then mm -hmm. they go up and stop above you. Okay. And then, almost as if it was the maw, like, the maw of a mouth, these, like, spears or the teeth, they all retract at the same time back into the wall. That's a hell of a way to deter visitors. Yeah. Stand back up, brush myself off, hope to God I didn't notice a peep myself in the bowl. <laughs> They're, uh... The lengths that some people will go to to get rid of those door-to-door Paylor talker people. <laughs> right. Paylor witnesses. All right, yeah, exactly. so you guys are almost to the point where you're going to be walking underneath this board of dangling short swords 
and by uh, concept, by by proxy, almost right to the door. All right. There is um, a kind of gingerly looking up to make sure nothing looks uh, trepidatious about the uh, board. Okay. I'm just going to head Look, forward. Looking up. Under the door. Well, there's actually something that draws your attention before you get under the board. Since you yeah. looked, since you looked up. Yeah. <laughs> you can see that from this part, like this, like this center part of the alleyway, there mm-hmm. are small clay pots dangling from rope. Above you. Oh. I'm just going to make a guess that those are probably full of oil. <laughs> probably. Does it look like there's anything? Like, they're fortified against a freaking siege. Yeah. This Paranoia guy is a hell of a sucks. Mm-hmm. And just before the where you start to walk underneath the, the swords, there mm-hmm. is... A dagger stabbed a archaic piece of papyrus into the wall, and there is writing on this papyrus. Uh, something tells me this is an exploding room, but I'm gonna go read it anyway. Everyone else, stand back. It says, "Don't read this." Damn it! And then it explodes. How <laughs> much damage? Well, you get to make a check first. Oh uh, yeah. I believe you get a check to half it. Is it a reflex? Uh, well, those don't exist anymore, so it would be a dexterity if it is. Oh, you, yeah, that's right. They don't. Okay, dex, my worst skill. Let's see. Something I'm actually proficient in and have evasion for. I'm no, sure. I, I rolled a total of a two. I think Ooh. I'm taking it into the room. All the other things in ruins under person wants to be Okay, guys, I found the trap. This is just smoldering crater where you were. Good thing the uh, clerics at the uh, place healed me up. After yeah. that last fight, I was down to th- uh, 5 HP. Yeah, that was a little rough. You take 20 damage. Ow. <laughs> and everyone <clears throat> sees... Uh, Ogden sort of like lean over a little bit and then just boom! <laughs> and he sort of clicked. He's like just cloaked in fire for a moment. And then you just kind of like see him like a little bit of his beard is singed and he's looking. Oh, away. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm putting out the fire that's on my beard by tapping at it. Yeah. Clearly he's done blackers. No, right. Just all, all cartoonishly like covered in ash and so. <laughs> yeah. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, I really don't think this guy wants visitors. <laughs> it's at this point that you guys are going to hear an audible lock unlock. Uh, uh, sort of like a click that opens. Um, and the door underneath the lantern of green flame, under the board of dangling short swords, under the rope lines of oil clay pots, in the alleyway of spears in the floor and spears in the wall, the door sort of gently cracks open outwards. Hello. I don't think anyone's actually standing there to no. guide us. Yeah, yeah, no, not at all. Um, I'm going to, uh, first off, as we're heading in, I'm going to take off my uh, gauntlet from my right hand and use it to wipe the soot and stuff off my face. Yeah. <laughs> 
and I'll head on in because I am not smart. <laughs> all right. You all, uh, well, I assume you all walk in, yeah, or just, just on uh, I, I'm waiting to see if all the short swords fall on him. Okay. <laughs> no. You still got my shield, right? You're still holding it above yeah. your head? Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's probably wise. <laughs> um, no, the short swords sort of dangle like a, and sort of wobble like wind chimes as Ogden sort of walks underneath them and the wind of him walking through sort of like causes a slight disturbance. It's actually <laughs> kind of a beautiful sound. In a really, really macabre way. Interesting. I should keep that in mind for when I don't want visitors. Right. So you walk, you open the very simple mm-hmm. uh, black wood door, uh, and sitting at a chair. Well, no, he wouldn't be sitting. So standing behind a sort of, you know, uh, desktop that you would see in a regular. Uh, store of any kind standing behind it sort of performing some manner of alchemy you can't tell exactly uh, only lit by the sort of pale green fire light that lights up this room as the light in the alleyway was you alright? sorry um, there is just there is a man of some sort sitting there just sort of alchemy and tinkering, and he sort of, without looking up, says, well, you can tell your friends to come in. There's no more harm for you, at least unless you don't do anything wrong. I turn back out the door and says, the guy says it's safe. Come on in. <laughs> All right. I'll go in. At which, at which point I take my shield back from her and strap it back to my back. Sure. And you all sort of walk into this uh, this apothecary, very smoky, emporium-like small store. Like mm-hmm. I said, faintly lit with green flame. Uh, most of the shelves either have, you know, scrolls on them or... I'll be right back. Sure. Or, or some wands. There's a, a small jewelry box filled with rings and, and brooches. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, an array of... Wicked-looking weapons on the other side, hmm. and uh, different poultices and, and salves uh, and herbs. Some that you might recognize, but most you don't. And definitely a couple of carnivorous plants amongst them. Hmm. And standing on the other side of this desk, performing again some manner of alchemy, stands a a humanoid figure who looks up. And despite having most of his face having rotten away and exposing a mostly skeletal head, he looks at you with one blinking eye and goes, Yes, my name is Micton Shiverbone. I assume you knew that since you're here. What is it exactly that I could be a pleasure to do for you? Uh, Ogden's kind of looking around dumbfounded, but as soon as, uh, as soon as Micton addresses him, he just kind of like snaps back to He's like, oh, um... We seek to enter the uh, dark district to try and remove the darkness, and we've uh, we've heard that you might be able to offer some insight in that area. Well, is that what all of you are looking for, or is there separate individuals here? We all see the same thing. <laughs> well, isn't that delightful? Saves me some time. I don't have to repeat myself or say different things. Hmm. Yes, I suppose that would be quite helpful. It wouldn't be free or even cheap. 
It might even be expensive if I don't like you much. Yet to figure that out. Arda continues to uh, kind of brush the soot out of his eyebrows, trying to make himself a little bit more presentable. Sure. So what, exa- um, what, what exact manner of assistance is that that you'd require? A guide? Someone that can go in there with you? Or is it perchance you wish to purloin some of my purchasables? Honestly, uh, first off, we need information. And whether or not we need a guide is kind of dependent upon what's in there. Well, what do you want to know? It's fucking dark in there. Yeah, is there... We've, we've heard that. Um, do you have any idea who or what all lurks in there? I imagine some manner of undead, such as myself. I understand that if you leave that place, if you haven't been taking care of yourself, you die anyway. So I'd call anyone who stays in that place too long undead. They're barely alive. Hmm. Does the darkness itself actually seem to eat away at people, or is it the creatures that loom within? Well, I imagine it's a touch more complicated than just saying that the people or the darkness is evil or bad. I think the sort of thing is that the darkness pulls the evil out. We all have our secrets. We all have our nastiness. Well, me, unfortunately, would dare say a blessing. In my unlife, I have been able to sort of wear my unpleasantness right on my, well, falling off skin. Where you individuals still feel it's appropriate to waste your fucking time hiding your insincerities. I believe the darkness simply pulls that to the forefront. Makes you not able to hide how shitty you are. Hmm. Well, that's definitely good information to know. What, uh, what leads you to enter that area so often? Well, one, whatever effects, magical or otherwise, that place seems to have on an individual, it seems to wash right off of me like rain on a nice oiled leather. Hmm. So I get to do my business relatively carefree, other than the bandits, the thugs, the murderers, the cannibals, and, well, I suppose you haven't been there, so I won't ruin too many surprises. But needless to say, if it's got enough limbs to try and kill you, it might. Fascinating. Animals? Well, yeah. You ever eaten human flesh? No. Neither have I. It's fucking disgusting. So, what would you recommend for a group of obviously underprepared individuals in order to journey into that area? I doubt you're exactly underprepared. I mean, Jesus, one of you fucking fucking glows like the sun. Hmm? Hmm? You're not talking about this little rock that I have, are you? No, not at all. I put that there to mess with you, and it worked perfectly. I almost chuckled, if I could. So wait, who glows like the sun? Well, I'm not exactly going to tell you. You figure it out, or maybe it's even you, tall man. Kenji just looks at his hands like, no, you get them. Either way, is there anything you'd recommend for us uh, before entering that area? Well, I suppose I have some things that you could purchase for me at a, well... An amount of coin. Sort of okay. leans, leans under and grabs the lantern that looks very similar to yours. <laughs> sets it up. 
This lantern runs on very simple oil, although I'm sure you could find the oil at a better price anywhere. But when you turn it on, and by that I mean light the fire inside, its light will pierce anything, including that district. Fascinating. Okay. I have, well, I'm working on it right now, sort of holds up the little uh, plate or dish with a, a sort of gray and very pungent rotting smelling dust you add some fresh goat's milk to this and rub the lotion under your eyes you won't be able to see for a week but you won't have to I'm sorry what's that supposed to be able to do give you dark vision in there or no it makes your eyes not work as if you didn't have any but you don't need mm. them because you can see just fine without them hmm interesting why is that you see the problem, and he sort of, like, smacks the back of his head, and his one good eye pops out. He, <laughs> he picks it up and just throws it at someone. Uh, Tenchi catches it. it. <laughs> Tenchi catches it. Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so Tenchi catches the eye. Ew. Do you catch it? Yeah, sure, I'll catch it. Okay. When you catch it, he sort of continues to talk, and he goes... You see, you don't even need your eyes. I can see each of you just as fine as I was without it, because I've learned how to not see with them, or rather to see without them. And give that back, and he sort of snaps his fingers, and metal <laughs> spikes shoot out of the eye and deal one point of piercing damage to your hand. What the? <laughs> this guy's just, ow! So that's... I would have handed it back to you. You don't have to be mean. It sort of tumbles out of your hand and rolls back towards him. On, <laughs> on the spikes, mind you. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah. Dude, eyeball cow trap. Oh, man. <laughs> the eye trap. I'll make a killing with that, though. Yeah. Anyway. <clears throat> I also have wands. There's one right there with the simple... Uh, quartz crystal at the tip of a, of you, bound with copper wire. Sort of points exactly to that wand. Wand mm -hmm. of light. Light will work in that place, but it doesn't last anywhere near as long as you're accustomed to. Alright. I'm talking... I'm kinda... Oh, sorry. Good. I'm actually kind of interested in that poultice. Uh, how much does that run? Well, I could sell you a dose for ten gold. Hmm. I'm interested. How long does it take to take effect? Oh, immediately. And it lasts for a week, or you're just blind for a week afterwards? It works for seven days. Well, I think that might be useful. I would actually really like to purchase some of that. Very good, then. Alright. I take out ten gold and hand them to him. Sort of takes his sort of mortal and pestle that he had out, finishes grinding up the powder, takes a, a a pitcher of white milk that you were like, he had that there the whole time? And just like pours it in and mashes it up and puts it in a small uh, container and hands you hands you that little like salve box. I will uh, take some as well. <laughs> okay. He As many as you guys want, he has four. Pork, didn't she? Give him the ten gold. 
No, I, I think I'll stick with my eyes being, you know, normal eyes. Mm-hmm. He's being mean. I don't want to buy anything from him. It's not opposed to self-mutilation, so he'll buy some. <laughs> Alright. <laughs> yes, we've seen that before. <laughs> so, anything else that can interest you? Um... Is there anything you have that um, stops the uh, physical like, um, malnutrition and, and uh, damage? Yes, but I'm not uh, sure that it's any less unpleasant. What? So, absolutely. I have a couple of things that would help you with that problem, although I can't promise that they're less pleasant. Hmm. I'd like to hear them anyway. Well, I have this, any sort of reaches, he walks over to where the scrolls are, and you see him sort of like grab something and like pull it away from the shelf. And he walks over to you and opens his mostly rotted away, somewhat bony hand, and a living millipede is walking around on his hand. And he goes, I can wrap this around your wrist, and it will bite you at specific times when you should be eating. Hmm. The poison will sting. The poison will burn your blood, but it will remind you to eat. Uh, That's... Anything else? Interesting. How much did that run? It's a millipede. One gold. You know, having an automated alarm clock to remember to eat actually sounds like it'd be good in there, so I'll take it. We really only need one of those because... Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah, you get all the pain, and we'll get all the eating the food. Yeah, he, he, and you see him sort from of from a player like, perspective. Yeah. Uh, I have advantage against poison, so it might, you know, actually, mm-hmm. that might negate its effect. <laughs> um, he's you sort of see him like bring it up to his like you know not gummed teeth, and you mm-hmm. sort of hear him whisper abyssal into its mouth, into its into its face, and it like freezes like a statue. Mm. And then he grabs you by the hand mm. and just wraps it like a like a like a not helpful slap bracelet around your your wrist and presses its head into your skin and you can feel its mandibles pierce your skin. Mm. Interesting. Alright. Would anyone care for another option? Certainly. He grabs, he walks over to the same area where he pulled the millipede from and pulls out just a regular looking loaf of bread, albeit rather moldy. And he sort of sets it back on the desk in front of him and goes back to where he was standing when you all walked in and sort of leans onto his desk and goes, I'll give a serving of this free to the first person who can guess what this is. Moldy bread. All right, smart boy, but I'm going to need more than that. You're on the right track, though. Magical moldy bread? We're getting closer. Um, Magical moldy bread that takes a long time to digest? Ooh, you're almost there. Moldy magical bread that you only have to eat a little bit, and then you'll feel full. Is it lemon bread? That's kind of what I was wanting to yeah. say. <laughs> no, but unfortunately I have to admit 
you'd see me grinning from your fucking stupid answers if only I had lips in which to convey the, the emotion. Have you ever eaten conjured food? Food made entirely of magic? No. Tastes just like real food. You probably never know the fucking difference. Mm-hmm. Do you know what conjured food doesn't do? Rot. Interesting. So... What is that, then? Rotted magical food. Whoa, that's weird. This, lo this loaf of bread has existed for longer than any of you in this building have been alive. It has taken this long for it to start to mold. Hmm. I've obviously done some, well, alchemical procedures to it that has caused that process to speed up. Byproduct of that is that it has become super dense and, well, what it is. Therefore, a single bite of this bread will make you not need food for a week. Ooh. That being said, you will also not pass it for a week, and I can't imagine how unfortunate that moment will be. <laughs> how much for the moldy bread? One electrum. How much is that? That's like halfway in between a gold and a silver, right? Yeah, it's five silver. Yeah, it's five silver. <laughs> yeah, it's a weird piece of money we actually haven't come across yet. Will he only take electrum? No. Okay. That's the price for it. Honestly, you could give him a gold, he'd give you an electrum back. <laughs> or is this going to be like the half dollar where it's accepted? Yep. Uh, share to whoever wants it. Okay. So does he does he have multiple loaves? No, that's for a serving. Which oh, that's like, for a serving. Yeah, that's okay. why I'm saying I'll buy a gold. Okay. Yeah. All right. And I'll give the rest of it to whoever wants it. Alright. Well, gold's worth is two servings. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. So, so he he takes his, uh, he grabs a knife from his waist, um, his, like, belt. And you see him put the knife to it, and mm -hmm. then hammer his hand into the back of the knife, like, five <laughs> times. Wow. <laughs> to cut through this bread that is that is probably like rock in in, in, in density. Hmm. That's oh, interesting. Chewing that is gonna suck. And he sort of hands this somewhat moldy piece of bread to Bork. Anybody else want a piece? Then take your almond card. Uh, I'll take uh, another two servings, I guess. Okay. I'm willing to give you the one serving. I mean, it yeah. lasts for a week. Sure. Yeah. So just have the one serving. Sure. And then I'll remind Tenchi and Hamakar when it's time to eat by getting bitten by this millipede. Ow. Okay, Tenchi. Ow. Okay, Tenchi. Yeah. So yeah, uh, he sort of takes the, the serving and, like, breaks it in two uh, and hands one to Bork and one to... Uh, then. Uh, this piece of bread weighs 10 pounds. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Real super dense. Oh, uh, shit. 
hyper-dense bread. The bread of the future. Ogden decided the name is Millipede Bracelet Edgar. <laughs> Any <laughs> other noteworthy novelties? Um, what about uh, ways to communicate with allies should we get separated in the darkness? Well, you can buy sending stones in plenty of places in the city. So I imagine you'd probably be looking for something a touch more exotic if you went all the way to the trouble to find me. This is true. Well, I have a cheap method that is excruciatingly painful, and I have a painless method that is extremely expensive. Um, do tell. Well, which one are you interested in? I'm only going to waste my day with one of them. Let's hear the cheap method first, but I'm also interested in the uh, pricing method. Fine. <laughs> the cheap method, well, quite simply, I'll reach into your souls, rip a tear a piece off, and put it in the other person's body. That doesn't sound nice. No. I'm fucking tearing your soul. It's going to hurt a lot. Indeed not. And the expensive method? Well, very similar, but I'm a lot more uh, gentle about it. <laughs> How long does that effect last for? About a month, or one lunar cycle. Hmm. If you're in close proximity with each other, it'll last even... Well, it won't last as long. You see, when you take a soul from something... It naturally wants to go back to where it came from. Souls are weird like that. Alright. Anyone interested in that? Just in case we get separated in the darkness? I mean, sending stones would be much simpler and not involve ripping apart my soul. Yes, but you know where sending stones won't work? In a place where magic doesn't function. Oh, is that uh, a side effect of the darkness? I don't know, but there's definitely places in that district where magic doesn't work. Interesting. That's also kind of worrisome and troublesome. Yes, indeed. Alright. Well, I think I'm satisfied with my millipede bracelet and my uh, poultice. Does anyone else want anything while we're here? No, because it's me. <laughs> no, I'm good. Well then. Very much, Mixton? I'm sorry, were you about to say something? No, not at all. And uh, sorry about your exploding rune outside. Oh, I'm sure it's already rebuilt itself. Ogden makes a mental note not to read any notes anywhere near this alleyway. <laughs> well, are you done then? I believe we might be. Thank you for your time. And Is there a way outside of this alleyway without triggering your traps? Yes, would you like me to show you? I would very much like you to show me. Yes, please. Very good. Stand <laughs> just to the left of the door. All right. I will go out there and disable everything, and I will re-enable everything once you leave the alleyway. Appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. Do, do you all do that? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. So he walks up to the door, looks at you all once, makes sure you have everything that he sold you and that you don't have anything extra, and then 
he goes to open the door, but instead he just pulls a lever next to the door, and the floor from underneath you gives way. <laughs> Did we just get flushed? Yes. <laughs> Alright. How far of a drop is this? Oh, not even five feet, but there is, you know, five of you fumbling down this metal shaft <laughs> for, you know, 35 feet diagonally until you get spat out onto hard stone walkway of the sewer system. Directly ahead of you, there is a ladder that leads to an access back to the street. Well, that certainly works. Rude. <clears throat> Better than the spears. Yeah, I suppose so. <laughs> I think they're lucky that they stopped when they did, so... I think that was on purpose. Yeah. Alright, well, that's that. Let's head on up and Ooh, out. Something I forgot to mention. You heard him yeah. cackling while you guys fell down the hall. Of course. <laughs> well, he's a charming fellow, isn't he? Well, how would you people describe him again? A dick? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something you could say. So, I had every intention of asking him why he quit the guards, but I think it was kind of painfully obvious at that point. Yeah, he died. Yeah. So. But got I back up. He didn't, didn't die all the way. I did not see any reason to ask him. Yeah. He funny. might have been sensitive about it. That's a good call. That's like a touchy Yeah. Anyway, let's get back up to the street level and see if we can find the uh, boutique of pleasures and skin loving. Sounds like Bubba's gas station and tackle shop. Yeah, but a lot <laughs> a lot more uh, sticky on the ground. Ew. <laughs> Lots stickier. All right. Okay, well, between the poultice and the millipede, I'm actually uh, pretty uh, pretty confident with uh, with this upcoming thing. Yeah, um, I like the poultice as a backup in case our lantern gets stolen or broken or something. Yeah. I've got seven trail rations. I think I'm going to go ahead and uh, purchase some more on our way back to the inn whenever we head that way. Yeah, we're going to probably want to stop up. I've got some left. Remember how many? Alright. So does anyone want to go see uh, Rosé, or... I mean, well, we, use all the information we could get. Mm, yeah, we do need information. Yeah, why not? I don't know. Something that isn't coming from somebody who's rude. Uh, she might be just as rude, if not worse. <laughs> so, either way, let's, uh, let's go ahead and see if we can find her. Yeah. Okay. Alright, start... Continue heading towards the uh, Darkness District. So you You've guys have seen the Darkness District at this point, maybe a couple of times while walking down side streets. Everywhere where there is the, the Dark District touches, like, the outside, mm -hmm. there is two lines of guards, one facing the darkness, one facing the outside. All of the buildings mm -hmm. that the, the sort of sphere of darkness has ended on, those buildings mm -hmm. have been demolished so that they're flat. Hmm. Interesting. Um, so is it like a literal sphere that we can see, or is it just kind of yeah. like... Alright, so we can see a, a definitive edge to it. Yeah. Top and bottom inside and all that. Okay, interesting. Yeah, you can't see into it. Alright. It's like opaque. Black. That makes sense. Alright. 
I guess continue looking for Rosé's uh, boutique. You find it eventually. It's about mid-afternoon, late afternoon. Sun's starting to go down, sort of thing. Oh, so they're probably starting to get busy. So we should make this uh, quick. In more ways than one. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's getting busy. You walk up to the door Mm -hmm. of what is very obviously the establishment. Mm -hmm. There is all walk of attractive person leaning out of windows, beckoning, calling at you to come inside. Uh, Some of them are just actually, like, if you look for it, you can see them having sex, like, just right there. And not even, like, regular sex, like, just some manner manner of perversion. If you look in there, Mm -hmm. you can see it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Risqué doesn't cover it. Home to every fetish under the sun? Uh, As long as you got the coin for it. Too old. <laughs> and says, I, uh, I'm having second thoughts about this. I don't even know what's going on. Well, you've got that power, you can make it so you can't see <laughs> Yeah, but then I'd be able to see everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> uh, anywho, so you walk up to the door, and there is a pair of of straight up um oh shit I want to make sure that I say the right fucking goblinoid species I always get them fucked up yeah uh a pair of bugbears ah interesting standing there guarding the door And as you approach, they both sort of, like, pick up their clubs and, like, just, like, grimace at you and, like, look at you really honorary, like they don't like you. And then sort of, you know, coming out from beside one of them, a very weird being sort of floats in the air between them. It looks like a, a jellyfish with eye stalks. A jellyfish with eye stalks. Yeah. Um, Wasn't this a creature in uh, Dungeons and Dragons Advanced? Yeah, it's a it's a creature that is as old as the game. Wait, is it is it back in fifty? Yeah. Oh shit! How's it called? I, I forget. Well, I suppose you'll learn that answer eventually, won't you? Yep. I'm gonna do a knowledge arcana check to figure out what this creature is. Sure. And it looks like this, by the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, damn. Interesting. It's adorable. Okay. All right. All right, so I got a... Twelve? Uh, um, you've never seen one before, but you have read a book. Uh, you don't know a lot about what these things are, but you know that they're called flumps. They're called what? Flump. Flumps? Flump. With an F. Oh, flumps. Even the name is adorable. Yes. And there's an old adage about flumps that everyone remembers if they know what a flump is. And that is very simple. You can always trust a flump. Okay. Just like the guards. Mm. The guards are flumps! It's a conspiracy. (laughs) Uh, 
so the this flump sort of floats between the two bugbears and sort of like touches both of them in their upper arms at the same time with its limp little wet noodle looking tentacles and in common sort of like set you know methodically says it's okay guys they might be customers hello i am grizzoff and i'm making notes <laughs> who are you here to see We are actually hoping to talk to uh, Rosé Kremna, if she's available to speak for a moment. Oh, Rosé is always able to speak, but not cheap, not now, but loves customers. Hold on a second, so I can make sure that I... Able to understand what just happened. He's saying in order to talk to her, one of us needs to uh, become a patron of this place. Essentially, yeah. Hopping <laughs> cars gonna get laid. <laughs> do, do you have any uh, any elves in tight black leather with cat ears? Preferably with a tail. Could make that happen. <laughs> I'm not comfortable throwing hobby cards NPC character or anything like that. Oh no, this is gonna be great. However, if you were to join the chat right now, I'd totally say go for it. Right. Dude, we made love fill out forms, we can make him bring a prostitute. It's not that much Yeah. Any volunteers? Does Ogden have to take one for the team? I have a coin. Pretend she's going to raise Hominkarn's hand for him. <laughs> I really want this to be a thing. So your character got laid. What? Listen, we needed someone to fuck a harlot real bad and, well. Alright, yeah. so Vin, you, you, you offer yourself? Yeah. Alright. So, mean, so, we walk inside. What is what is the inside look like? No, you don't walk inside. No, we don't? No. You gotta pay to play, I guess. No. The flump looks at you as the person interested in partaking, and he goes, What is your desire? We all look at Ben. <laughs> you don't actually have to say anything. You don't actually have to, you don't actually have to say anything if you're if that's uncomfortable. Um uh, what would Ben like? Probably some sort of fae or something. Well, and yeah. she could, and she could, Oh yeah, I probably have a thing for the fae since I'm like obsessed with them. There you go. Okay. <laughs> so you're just gonna tell him something that's fae? Mm-hmm. Okay. Does anybody speak Sylvan? Oh I do. yes. <laughs> So, party no, I, I've had a campaign where that happened, and it just got weird. <laughs> it just got weird. Anyway, uh, so the flump sort of extends one of its tendrils out to you to, like, take your hand, as it were. Okay. And leads you inside. Do my, I uh, wish my companions to... Uh, be welcome as well. I don't know. 
If I assume there's like some kind of lobby area, a bar. Not in here. No. Okay. They can wait outside if Madam, if Mrs. Rose wishes to see you all, then they may come in, but not before. Could you put in a good word for us, please? Uh. All right, that's fine, I guess. <laughs> so. To, 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 to not make this weird, the flump leads you inside, leads you, right. leads you to a door, you go inside, uh, you have whatever romances your character would want with a person that speaks Sylvan and has Faye in their background. I would assume probably just a conversation, but that's fine. Yeah. How much money are we talking here? A hundred gold. <laughs> what? A hundred gold. Okay. I'm the only one that can pay it. Yeah, you kind of are. I can afford it, but it's not going to be great. Meanwhile, Ogden's kind of poking at Tenchi. says, Hey, Tenchi, what about that one in that window there? What do you think of her? It's not mm-hmm. a her. <laughs> he doesn't know that. He finds out. <laughs> what, just like massive fear? Anyway, so one hour of Sylvan time, and... Uh, so you're you're told by your room partner that uh there that your time is up. It was so lovely, and that you were the best. <laughs> well, it's up to see if it's true. Anyway, they tell they tell you when they leave that they were told that you wanted to speak to Rose afterwards. Yep. And if you go and knock on the big door right outside, that'll probably be able to happen for you. Okay, I'll do that. And uh, they leave you to put yourself together however you worked together before, and then go and do that. Okay, I'll... You said knock on... The big, big door, door is outside? what they said, yeah. What? The big door outside of your door. Okay. Um, this is... You've only seen the first floor, mm-hmm. so you can assume that that big door is on the first floor somewhere. Um, it, you actually, putting it together, uh, I mean, you probably took in the sights when you walked into this place. Everything is silk, or some quality there of equal, like, you know, pleasure, like, pleasurable what, cloth. What level of tacky are we talking here? Um, like the littlest whorehouse in Texas. Oh, I love that show. Yeah. Like that. Um, so a little on the tacky, but also they clearly take themselves very seriously. Uh, and sort of in that sort of foyer room that would lead upstairs to where you haven't been, or to any of the side rooms, one of which you were in, and the door that leads outside where your, where your party is, there is a large red wooden door in the shape of a heart, because of fucking course it is. And there is another bugbear standing near that door. Alright, um, I'll walk up and knock on the door. Alright. Uh, you knock on the, you walk up to the door and the bugbear sort of, like, growls at you a little bit, but doesn't stop you at all. Do I hear an answer? Oh, yeah, you knock on the door, and you hear a very, very smooth uh, powerful voice on the other side, sort of 
Just a moment, dear. A moment passes, and the door opens in very, very uh, small amount, and you see a, a sort of olive-skinned uh, human, human's face sort of poke in through the door and look down. She has, like, gold hoop earrings and uh, very, like, long, coal-black hair. And she looks down and he goes, Oh, you're the deer that had the sylvan one, yes? Uh, that's correct. And, uh, your friends are, well, probably a little cold outside. Yes, we were, uh, wondering if we could, uh, speak with you briefly. Oh, briefly or not. Please, go fetch them. Some of them are cute. The door closes. <laughs> Alright, um, I'll walk back to the, um, the exterior door and uh, open it and be like, all right. Uh, the so you guys see her open the door and sort of gesture to you all. All right. Well, Ogden picks up uh, the dice game that he was obviously losing to poor kid and hands the dice back to him. <laughs> all right. So you guys walk in. It's a very pretty place inside. Uh, very confusing looking in terms of just like a lot of cloth on the wall for no reason, but whatever. Uh, and Vin sort of points out that there is a there's this huge heart shaped door to go to. Alright, so go back to the door, sort of knock and enter. Okay. So a uh, uh, an orc actually opens the door this time. He has a scar sort of circularly cut, like like almost like a crescent moon across his forehead, down his eye and to along his cheekbone. And it sort of opens the door. Ah, yes. Of course. And he just opens the door and sort of steps to the side. You see that he's dressed in manservant clothes. Very proper, very definitely pressed and ironed recently. Uh, and welcomes you all into the, the, the inner sanctum of this building. Where? Go ahead. Okay. Um... Go in, like, are we in the, um, office, or? Well, it's an office, supposedly, but, uh. That's the executive suite. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's not an office like offices you all have been in in the past. It's an office in which this is where the boss hangs out, but it's not an office because the boss is laying on a, a, a swath of fine pillows, smoking some sort of. Uh, water pipe that looks like a hookah uh, mm. and like is petting some very strong looking orcish man who is like uh, grooming her lion's fur. And it's at this point that you see that Rosé uh, Krimna is in fact a Lamia. And for those of you who don't know what a Lamia looks like, Allow me to fetch the image for you. Lamias are interesting. I've always wanted to use one in one of my campaigns, but I've never found the opportunity to do so. There we are. That's a little weird. Huh, their legs look really stubby in the, in that book. Yeah, was, that's not a really good angle, but... Yeah. Is it, like, sort of sphinx-like? 
Um, imagine the Sphinx if they had a human torso. So more like a uh, centaur with the lower half of a lion. Yeah. Okay. Their lower half is a lion instead of a horse. Yep. That's weird. Well, first of all, thank you for agreeing to see us. Of course. Wine, the man who opened the door and is now closing the door behind you all, sort of immediately turns on a dime and fetches a a brass platter with with wine glasses and uh, one for each of you and a wine glass filled with water, one for each of you, whichever you would would rather take. Um, Ogden goes for the wine. Sure. <laughs> Thank you. I will go for the wine as well. Water. <laughs> all right. Uh, he, you know, takes a step away after you all have treated yourself to a beverage of one kind or another. And she says, please, make yourselves as comfortable as possible. And then once you are, tell me what it is that I can do for you. So, I guess, well, I assume there's, like, cushions around? Oh, yeah. Like, this place looks like it was built to be comfortable no matter where you threw your body at. Mm. So Tenshi will do just that. Throw his body somewhere onto a giant fluffy pillow. Okay. Uh, you you see Rose sort of bring her uh, her offhand that isn't smoking something uh, up to her face and sort of chuckle almost almost girlishly. <laughs> We've uh, heard through the grapevine that you managed to enter into the dark zone and come out unscathed, and we were wondering if you had any advice for someone for a group of us that are playing doing the same. And she sort of, like, looks at Ogden and sort of nods her head back and forth a little bit. Oh, that's very true, but I would love it if any of your friends could say that in a little bit more of an entertaining way. I, uh, nudge Bork. <laughs> what? She, she wants you to talk to her in, her, in your... In my sexy voice? In your sexy, uh, half-work voice. <laughs> Pork tries to serenade her by saying the exact same thing. <laughs> just, just, despite you sort of more monotoningly and like beat for beat the same word delivery, she sort of seems so entranced by your by your delivery. She's got more thing. And goes, oh, of course. Well, you imagine that the business of skin, which is what I deal in, is, well, booming everywhere at all times. And I was fortunate to be this proximity to the location where a lot of skin is desired, where there isn't a lot of skin to have. So, it's been profitable for me. I've made no, well, profiteering from it, but I've made a profit from it. Hmm. So you went in to go and collect skin? Collect, distribute, logistics. <laughs> Plus, I love to see my boys and girls work. There's something enthralling. Hmm. So, how were you able to um, survive the perils of the, uh, the dark district? Well, a girl has to have her secrets, don't we? 
Yeah, but every secrets were meant to be broken. Ooh. You know right now how to... Mm. If I had a main... Well, <laughs> she sort of coyishly, like, rubs her thumb on the brooch she's wearing. He goes, well, I suppose there's many things that would help me walk in that horrible place unscathed. But I suppose this brooch would have to be the first of them. Is it enchanted or something? Oh, only about as half as enchanted as I am. <laughs> she likes you. <laughs> she doesn't look better, man. Clearly. <laughs> Archie's just gonna shut up, smile at himself, and just watch what happens. <laughs> I'm sorry, she can't concentrate when I'm staring at her. Right. <laughs> it's, a, it's a boyfriend interference. Um. So what sort of enchanting would I have to do to be able to, to know what kind of enchantment is on that pendant? Well, I'd say a couple of hours, but I'm not so sure you have that kind of time. <laughs> you might be surprised. I might. Wow. But this this sort of well cat and mouse game has been enjoyable enough for me, at least for the moment. I'm glad I could entertain you. Well, I'm glad that you could at least start there. I purchased this medallion from an old friend back when he used to be alive. Uh, an ex-soldier, perhaps? Oh, well, a soldier of many things, but not a military one. He came from a hmm. faraway land. He used to serve on the seas. Handsome, daring, passionate. But that was nearly 50 years ago. I'm not exactly sure what the magical properties of this brooch are specifically, but it always makes me feel safe. Reminds me of him. I think you have some sort of... Mm. Well, it's just the one that I wear on this day. Yeah. Do you have any other sort of protections that you uh, don't when you go into the darkness? Well, I usually like take at least these boys, but sometimes I take more. Don't let what anyone tells you about bugbears make you think it's real. They're a lot smarter than you think, and damn loyal. <laughs> You'll never see a bugbear raise his hand against their master or boss in any way. So, do you, what info is it that any of you want? You should ask her if there's a way that we can uh, purchase some of her protections for ourselves. Could you be persuaded uh, by purse to, if nothing else, to lend some of your items to us that might help protect us? Oh, I think I have exactly something that would be helpful. Yeah. She sort of reaches over to a, a vase near her that has roses in it. 
Um, and they're white petal roses because, of course. <laughs> yeah, naturally. Uh, and she takes them, and they are glass. And she they has, are glass? Yeah. I'm sorry, your, your voice broke up. Yeah, there, there are ten white painted glass roses in this vase. Oh, glass, okay. And she says, I will let any of any number of you take one of these from me for only 50 gold. And if anyone is anyone that knows who I am, sees you wearing it in your hair or anywhere on you that they can see it, they know that they're going to be biting off a lot more than they can chew should they decide to mess with you. Ogden looks around to the party and sees that nobody's taking it off. He's like, I'll take one. Yeah, yeah, Tenshi will take, take one too because <laughs> yeah. it looks probably really good in his own. Right. So does everyone <laughs> buy one? Uh, yeah, I'll take one as well. Orth is going to be very brazen and ask that if he could actually have one in exchange for a kiss. Well, you better give I it to me. Possibly we'll roll a charisma check. <laughs> yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, roll a, roll a charisma uh, check. For uh, persuasion. <laughs> Man, I spend my money faster than I make it sometimes. <laughs> that is a 12. Okay. She sort of like presses her finger on her chin and sort of turns her face to the side and just taps on her cheek. Or kisses her. You you walk up oh, okay. to kiss her, and when you go to like peck her on the cheek, she turns, kisses you, kisses you on the mouth, and then you feel a pair of lion's limbs wrap around you, and she kind of tongue molests you for a few seconds, and then releases you. <laughs> uh, and that rose. Yeah, you did. You gotta earn a point. Cause she, cause she, cause she, cause she gives you one. <laughs> How hilarious would it have been if during that entire endeavor, Orc decided to activate his ring and turned into a dwarf? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, she probably will murder the lot of us. Right. <laughs> Orc does not do that. Okay, good. <laughs> no, don't do it. It's just he acts funny. a little bit dazed after the kiss, and then thanks her for the rose. <laughs> well, thank, thank you. you. Thank you for the memory. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Well, I suppose that means we've got what we've come for. Uh, should we get one for Hamankarn too, or? I'll I'll tell him that he has ha- that he has an opportunity to buy one, but I won't okay. make him do it now. All right, great. Well, that I believe that's. Exactly what we came here for. Uh, Thank you for your time. Yes, very much. Be safe now. Don't hurt any of those goods. Hurt any of the what? Well, the goods. Oh, Oh, right. I did hear. I'll keep them safe, darling. (laughs) (laughs) So the door opens and you guys can leave. Wonderful. Well, that went much better than expected, so... <laughs> she was nice. I actually, if you guys want to know a secret, I have, yeah. I have, a, I have a, a table of ten races uh-huh. that I was going to have her be, like, infatuated with. Mm-hmm. And I rolled and got Orc, and I was like, well, 
Someone's nice. getting someone's getting dragged to some role play that might be uncomfortable. <laughs> right. It's fine. Sometimes I feel like I talk too much in the uh, campaigns, but then I'd be quiet and nobody else says anything, so I just kind of take the reins. Yeah, I mean that's 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 table, man. You know. Yeah, I suppose so. Yeah, can't there's people. always a face for the party, and it's not the person with the intelligence. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> all right. Well, that went surprisingly well. Let's go ahead and head back to our uh, inn. Yeah, all night. Should we? Um, we probably ought not display the roses just yet, though. Okay. I mean, sure. Tuck it somewhere and fold them in my clothing, I guess. Yeah. But we do have to stop and get supplies. Yeah, I definitely want to buy more trail rations because who knows how long we're going to be in there. Um, right. As you guys are walking to the to the end, uh, Hayden, take a point of damage and make a poison save. So Constitution. And I have advantage versus poison, or is it advantage or resistance? Resistance versus poison. Uh-huh. So you can only take half, right? Right. So you take one's damage of piercing damage, and then All make right. a uh, constitution saving throw. Constitution saving throw. Oh, I don't have proficiency in that. 19 total. You pass. I uh, well. <laughs> yeah. And take no damage, although you can feel a heat run through your veins as whatever poison this thing bit into you uh, should have hurt you, but you were able to sort of stifle that pain. And almost immediately after that, you feel a grumble in your stomach. Hey guys, it's time to eat. You're going to get conditioned to be hungry every time you get stabbed. <laughs> yeah, probably. You're going to get stabbed from the side, just take out a loaf of that moldy bread and chomp. <laughs> yeah. I know yeah, I didn't. I'm just saying. Uh, that's gonna be fun. If it matters, though, I've got the millipede on my left arm, I hope. Sure. I'm less likely to lose my shield hand than I am my uh, my mace hand. Yeah, I get so. you. I get you. <laughs> I imagine it's on whatever arm you would have desired. Yeah. Alright. Okay, let's go eat. Alright, you guys get and back. Get yeah. Okay, you guys go back and, uh, and collect everything that you... Wanted the dinner is lovely, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah. Do you guys make a night of anything? Do you party? Do you do anything particular? Do you just want to go to bed and get back to the barracks in the morning? Um, unless there's somebody playing music, I'm not going to be doing much. Yeah, got to work on my triangle skills. Put <laughs> back to the brothels. <laughs> <laughs> now that we're not here watching you. <laughs> All that weird, dirty shit that walkers into. Well, do you? Sure, why not? Okay. All right. There's a couple of ales throughout the night, but that's it. <laughs> um, give me a uh, charisma check, Fork. That is a little bit better. 13. Okay. So you sort of uh, spend your night gently but powerfully seducing uh, Rosé. 
and I'll let you write whatever story you want for the night, but um, I'm going to make this impact something later on. Okay. <laughs> the uh, name Rosé is just perfect. It's like such a, like, I don't know, maybe I just drank too much of it in college, but it always reminds me of like a trashy wine. <laughs> Well, yeah, okay, no, it's perfect. Really? It makes me think of a delicate flower. <laughs> delicate, trashy flowers. So good. Some sort of Lion King love song plays in the background. Ah! Oh, <laughs> <Kenya! laughs> she lived like and walked off. love tonight. Exactly. Uh, that's what I was thinking. No, that's so. exactly why we didn't go for that, because it's too easy. Just like Barkle. Is, is it? I, I'm honestly surprised we didn't go for Hakuna Matata there. <laughs> or Hippie Pansies from the second one. That Be prepared. Crazy oh, yeah, that one. one. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. that's for the weird part of the night. Yeah, I just can't wait to be king. After the acid is kicked in. <laughs> y'all, y'all motherfuckers. can get our brooch. Y'all motherfuckers need Jesus. <laughs> You mean Paylor. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so it's the next morning. Um, I'm going to penalize uh, Bork with two stages of exhaustion. Oh. <laughs> Fucking all night. And, uh, but, but you did manage to uh, stagger back to the bar, or to your, your, your room. Good night. Did, did she what actually not? make it to the bed, or is Bork just kind of, like, slumped over part of it? I'll let that be Bork's story. <laughs> um, anyway, so... Hey, guys, wake up Bork. We gotta go meet the guards. Yeah. Wow, Bork, is that a hickey? Oof. What's a hickey? <laughs> a hickey from hey, a Bork, is that a short Mine sword too. wound? That's gonna be wrong. <laughs> anyway, Wait. wake up Bork and let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let's eat breakfast first so that this thing doesn't bite me again. It does anyway. Son of a bitch! <laughs> Take a point of damage. Make it make a uh, constitution save. That's what's gonna be your life uh, now. Constitution save is seventeen. You pass. All right, great. Yay, resistance. Well, resistance just has the damage he will take. It doesn't make him better at passing the save or not. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm suddenly starting to think that I made a horrible mistake taking this thing. <laughs> eh, you've also got the points to spare. True. How but how bad would it be? So now. Middle combat. Uh, I fail it and I lose like 10 uh, constitution points and I just drop in front of you all. <laughs> oh, that'd be so funny. Yeah, it would be. <laughs> um, but stat, anyway. stat drain is really not a thing in 5th though, so you don't need to worry about that. Oh, okay. Great. Um, because it was stupid. Yeah, I agree. I really hated <laughs> stat damage. It was so annoying to keep track of. Uh, especially constitution damage. You could down things that you should not have been able to kill yeah. with that. Anywho. Yes. You guys make it to the barracks a little probably later than uh, Rattleman the third wants you to be, or the fourth. <laughs> um, actually, I'm going to interrupt that. You guys are on your way over, and you hear a pss, pss, as you guys walk past a alley. We look to the side? There is standing the individual who once in- introduced himself as Aurelius the 14th. Sort of walks out of the shadows of the alleyway and says, 
So I see you're heading over to the guardsmen. Have you sort of aligned yourself with them? Well, they've informed us that they're sending people in today anyway, so it seemed in our best interest to maybe uh, participate in that journey. Well, I understand that you probably have your, well, considering who you've all been speaking to in the past day, I'm sure you know a little bit more about who I am than you did the first time we met. This is true. And should it be a matter of trust that is on the line, allow me to point out that enlisting my guidance and my services would be very safe to do now that you have a, well, a posse of one of the most well-established and suited guards in all the world. Wait, you would actually join with us if we were going with the guards as well? Oh, if I'm with you, they wouldn't raise a sword to me, and I would be certainly an idiot if I tried to do it to them. Fascinating. So... What, what's in it to you, uh, for you to help us, then? Coin. Coin. All right, let's talk that. How much? Oh, I believe my offer stood at 12 gold a day. And, uh, well, I can't really speak to that because I've got very little gold in my name, but what about the rest of the folks? Think we're good? I don't think we should hire them. Very enough point on this adventure. All right. Not only that, but he's also way too willing to work with the guards for somebody who's supposed to be a criminal. That and he knows a lot about us. He's clearly been watching us. Um, I'm almost thinking the uh, 12 point a day would be worthwhile to keep the rest of the Aureliuses out of our hair while we're in there. How about you, Vin? Um... And again, it's not really my place to say, because I've got 15 coin in my pocket. So I could pay for a day, if that. I think it would be fine, um, because if he's not being, if we're not getting much out of out of hiring him, I mean, you pay per day, so it's not like a, a, a set amount of money. 12 gold is a sizable amount, but... Perhaps uh, worth it for an ally. I could go either way. All right, so we sound pretty divided. I'm actually kind of interested in bringing him along. Just think about it. We've, we've got protections from, uh, what was his face? Micton, protections from uh, Rosé. And if we get a Rayleigh's protections, that's, that's help defending against a lot of what would have been like local criminals. Uh, plus, I might still have the don't mess with us insignia from threatening that uh, or pickpocket. <laughs> true, too. So between all of that, I think we'd be sitting pretty good and probably would not get attacked by anything that wasn't, you know, an outright danger to the district itself. Yeah. So, anyone want to reconsider? Or? I still I don't need him, but if ever if it's decided that wants to, then I'll help pay for a day. Okay. I don't trust him, but I don't have a specific reason not to. It's just one of those bad feelings. Yeah. Alright. Well, Aurelius, if you're willing to work with us and the guards, I see no reason to turn you down. Mm, wonderful. Alright. 
And uh, we'll pay at the end of the day or at the end of each day? Well, I imagine you'll pay me right now and every day thereafter at this time of that day until we About cease half, our arrangement. Half at night. Ooh. Didn't get to the 14th of my family name by doing half and half. But you're also not on the upper tier with the one and two and even ten. Oh, they've been dead for years. Hmm. Yeah, isn't it? That doesn't make any sense. Wouldn't somebody else come up and replace the first? It probably means the originals one, two, and ten. Yeah, but still not Yeah, that still doesn't make sense. I thought the game was that there was twenty. And then whoever was the best was number one. And it changed. You didn't just stay number one. It fluctuated with whoever was the best. Or was I, mean, I mistaken? We, that's the story we were led to believe. But we could just ask him. If he wants to tell us. Yeah, right. Either way, I see no harm in taking him with us. At the very least, he might deter some, some other, uh, you know, Un undesirables. Alright. I'll, I'll yeah. let you guys think on it for another minute or two. Let's take a five. Okay. Sounds good. And then we'll come back for maybe another 20 minutes or so and then call it a night. Alright, so... So, we are back. <coughs> so, you think I could have cut that off out. So, uh, the party has just made it back uh, to making a decision on whether or not they were going to hire Aurelius today or not. I think we have we're going to. Okay. And he says, well then allow me to once again introduce myself. I am Aurelius the Twelfth. It is a pleasure to be at your service. Wait, Twelfth? Well, yes, I'm the Twelfth of my name. Not 14th? Oh, no, heavens no. Aurelius the 14th is a scumbag and a scoundrel. Hardly worth the name. But you were 14th yesterday. Today. I never, today. never was. No, 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 you're, you're unfortunately mistaken. I understand that happens sometimes. No, you definitely said 14th. I mean... I cannot tell you that you were wrong or that you heard wrong. I simply am telling you that I am Aurelius the Twelfth. I think he's been promoted since we last spoke to him. Ogden is making my brain hurt. <laughs> Ogden, help. This, this world is confusing, Ogden. It's more than yes, just one is. rock. Help. So, Aurelius the Twelfth, then? Yes, of course. I think we are interested in acquiring your services. Naturally. So, where to? Well, first off, there is a contingent of guards that we are going to be traveling with. And is that okay with you? Wouldn't have signed up for the job. Then that's where we are heading next. Figures as much, shall we then? Yes, let's. Alright, so with your new ally, Aurelius the Twelfth, you are all walking... To the barracks, you get there. There is 
a contingent of eight guardsmen standing there in a line. At the end of the line, uh, Rathelman the Fourth is standing there, and he is reading a book as you all approach. He sort of slaps the book shut, and the slap of that noise sort of makes all of the eight sh shoulders soldiers attention and like stamp their pole arms into the ground as their salute. And uh, goes, ah, good morning, all of you, and one more. What is it that uh, you need, or may we go on right to it? We can go on right to it. We're here to adventure with you. Very good. I have told this these guardsmen explicitly who you are and why you are important, and they will be walking their normal patrol for today and tomorrow, and they have enough provisions to tend to themselves and maybe a little extra. I cannot promise you that. I assume you have made precautions for yourselves for two days, at least, yes? Correct. Mm -hmm. if, you're, if you or this contingent of guards are not heard of by the end of two days from this moment, rescue parties will be sent in. If you are not found within four days, you will be assumed dead, and no more search parties will come for you. Sounds fair. Okay. I wish you the best and your luck, and if you have any new information, when you are done there, please see me immediately. All right. I wish you the best, and may the great walls never fall of Yao. May the great walls never fall. <laughs> All right. And the guardsmen sort of, you know, line up into two lines of four. And march down the wall, down the wall, march down the road towards the, the, the dark district. Alright, we, uh, well, Ogden falls in the line behind him. I can't speak for the rest of the party. Yep. No, we're too right tied to that. At least I am. And, uh, who is holding our lantern? Who wants to hold the lantern? I feel like somebody who only needs one hand to operate, so probably Vin would actually be the best option there. I thought she had the magical item in general. Yeah, she typically does. Yeah, but I'm wondering. I don't appear to be the best bet. I think as far as... Um, well, of course, keep in mind, it's also a target. So whoever's holding it might be targeted. Mm -hmm. Okay, that sounds good. And Ogden will take up the central position in the front. <clears throat> alright so Ben sounds like you're being voluntold to hold the lantern is that alright with you? yep and I'm going to make sure I have my white flower um, okay alright yeah likewise mine's burning in my flower in I guess hell why the hell not Ogden like ties it up in his beard okay <laughs> four uh yeah, I think it visible somehow. Sure, that's fine. That's all I needed to hear. Alright, you all are approaching the darkness quite closely at that, I might add. I mean, you are about to proceed into it. The, uh, the guards that are defending the perimeter separate and stand aside as you all, M8 guards, begin to walk into the darkness. 
All right. Two by two, the guardsmen ahead of you disappear as they walk into the surfaceless blackness that is the dark zone ahead of you. Then you might want to go ahead and light that lantern right about now. You want to light the lantern? Yes, please. You all walk in, and everything is pitch black. I go ahead and take the tonic that makes it so I don't need to see. Oh, it's annoying when you rub it on your eyes. Yeah. Okay. So, before you do that, the the lantern projects a cone that covers the guard the the area in front of the guardsman, and you can see that just like the street that you came in from, it looks exactly the same with storefronts on either side except death. No life, no nothing, and a weird black mold creeping along the edges of the buildings. Ooh. Let's uh, make a nature check on that mold right quick. Does anyone have nature? Nope. Yeah. I know one person who does. I can make an untrained, but probably not going to do well. Well, even untrained, that's a 12. Uh, it's definitely some matter of mold. You don't know much about it, but likely, like most mold, it is to a, de- to a degree poisonous. That would make sense. Would I be... I don't think it would do anything, but could Bork make a medicine check on it to see how poisonous it is, I guess, or whatnot? Well, let me take a look. You want to stick your face in it? <laughs> it's not a Lamia's bosom. It's not going to end well for you. <laughs> oh, by the way, Pork, have you told us that you had a night out and that you're super exhausted? Because I can do something about the exhaustion. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I got a um, 15 on oh. medicine, if that does anything. A 15? 13. 13. Um, I would say knowing exactly that's what you asked is more of a nature check, but I will tell you that this stuff is certainly toxic, but it is not dangerous to handle. Hmm. So it's only dangerous to, like, consume or something. Right. Interesting. I'm going to tie, like, my handkerchief my mouth. Okay. All right. I'm just going to go ahead and get out his mace and his uh, uh, shield. All right. If it's not dangerous to handle, and I can kind of tell that, I think Orc is actually going to try to scrape some off and put it in his knapsack or whatever. Right next to the moldy bread? That might be a horrible idea. Not right next to the moldy bread. (laughs) Take the moldy bread out and put it in my pocket. Alright, so you, you, scrape, you scrape some of it off, and you realize that as you do so, that the mold breaks off quite easily, but it 
but it takes part of the building with it. Hmm. Almost as if this mold is eating the building. That's peculiar. It's worrisome. I wonder if that's why the uh, buildings that were half in, half out of the darkness were destroyed. Probably because this mold was seeping out into it. Seeing that, I just want to kind of, I guess, I'm assuming that I'm wearing some sort of shirt or cloth on me of yeah, some sort. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm going to tear off part of my shirt, I guess, and uh -huh. wrap this mold up in the shirt. Uh-huh. And then I'm just going to kind of hold on to it for a while and see if that does anything, like if it eats through the cloth. Sure. Hmm. All right. Um, so the guard, one of the guards turns to you all and says, shall we proceed on our normal patrol or is there somewhere you wish to go? Does your patrol pass by the... Uh, the middle point, the epicenter of this uh, this sphere of darkness. Yes, it will take us two days to go from one side to the other. Okay. Yeah, let's proceed along your normal patrol for now, then. Very good. We shall. If you would, and if you'd like, stand between our two lines. All right. That would give us uh, more range with the lane so that we can see further ahead as well. Yes. So let's go ahead and do that. You know, and we're between two lines of guards. Mm -hmm. Allow us to form a perimeter. In case of a fight, we will use our, the reach of our weapons to the greatest of, the, of ability. But also, do not be concerned, for we are very talented at close combat. Yeah, considering the initiation test, I have no doubt that you guys are very capable. And I'm sure that you are as well. Otherwise, you would be just foolish to come in here. Very well. You sort of he hear, see them sort of see the guardsmen turn around and tap their weapon into the ground, and you know they sort of separate a little bit. And as you guys fall in to make a third central column, uh, you all start to move again. All right. So looking around, do you like do you like turn the lantern around at all? May as well, yeah. Keep it mainly yeah. focused forward, but every every now and then just kind of check side to side. Um, probably every once in a while, check the back as well. Is Aurelius still with us? Yeah, Aurelius, absolutely. All right. Is he doing his little magic finger thingy? Well, he actually asks, what would his, what is it that you'd like him to be doing? Basically, if there's specifically something dangerous that you know of, that we can avoid, let us know that. Otherwise, uh, we're trying to find the source of this darkness and see if we can remove it. As you say the word, remove the darkness, mm -hmm. um, you guys can hear scampering around you. And as you like flick the light of the lantern around, you sort of see some, some dark humanoid run around a corner. Duck, duck away from a window that you shined at. Uh, you look behind the party and you you hear the foot pads, but as you look, you see nothing. But just the just the last frames of something running behind a corner. Mm. There is something 
or some things following you. Of course, though. Yep, and I just said the magic word. <laughs> Aurelia awesome. says, until we get into the fight, I will light the back. Alright, sounds agreeable. And so he casts light on his weapon, which turns out to be a curved sword of some sort. Okay. Curved swords. And because the pace you all are moving at is half pace, he's able to walk backwards quite well, actually. Mm-hmm. And um, that's where I'm going to end it this week. All right. Sounds good. You all have okay. made it into the dark district. The, the plots have thickened. You all have reached out to many different mm-hmm. sources of assistance. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, shit's going to get real. All right. So you want to talk uh, plans for next week, or you want to wait until we're offline for that? Well, let's go ahead and close out, and then, yeah, then we'll talk about next week. Potentially right. next week, listeners, uh, next week might be an in-person session, so you have something to look forward to in that, if that's what we end up deciding to do, but recognize that that is only a possibility. As always, I have been your dungeon master and host, Kenny. We have our paladin, Work played by Michelle. Our monk. That's uh, Tenchi, played by me, Jordan. Our warlock. I'm Lauren, I'm playing Vin. And our cleric. Ogden, the cleric, played by Hayden. And our ranger never showed. Good night, Good. everybody. <laughs> Good night. Bye.